inevitably, what will happen at some point over the next couple of weeks, with family and friends gathering, all being in close proximity, you will find yourself in a complicated or uncomfortable situation. Or maybe that's just my family. But I would dare say that you will find yourself at some point um, in an uncomfortable situation or around an uncomfortable person that that just makes you want to leave. Because that's what we do in uncomfortable and complicated situations so frequently, right? We we seek to avoid them. We we seek to ignore them, to to remove ourselves from those places and those people. You may have gotten an invitation to a, to a Christmas party or to a gathering and said, ah, well, if they're going, I'm okay. I'm not going to go. Or, ah, I'd rather not go because you know that such and such is going to get brought up and that's just not something I want to engage in. But the beauty of the Advent and Christmas season as we gather is this, that we celebrate an event, an event that if we take seriously would remove us, would remove us and remove our excuses to avoid the uncomfortable to avoid the complicated. It would remove us from making excuses not to actually move towards in the direction of those because what we find out is this, that Jesus came to remove our excuses. This morning's text is a, is a very simple text. It's one verse, and it's a familiar verse, I'm sure, but it's Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 where we hear the angels proclaim, Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You see, if this is true, and I like to believe that it is, I feel like we all kind of like to think that that is probably true, that Jesus entered in and shall be named Emmanuel. God with us. If God enters in to the messiness of this world, what becomes clear is this. You have no excuse to disassociate from the messiness of this world. Especially just because it's uncomfortable or complicated. Because what we hear is that Jesus entered into a world where people were not ready to receive him. That so often people persecuted him. That people pushed back against him over and over. And if that's the case, what excuse do we have to dismiss or judge or or distance ourselves from other people? Oh, they they don't like me. Oh, they, they, they think differently than I do. Ah, well, I'm not really fond of what they do, so I'm going to distance myself. But if, if we're following the example of Christ, what excuse do we have? 
What excuse do we have to distance ourselves from those whose dysfunction, insecurity, or sin differ from ours? Because that's how we put our lines, right? Oh, well, they're wrestling with some stuff that I'm just not comfortable addressing. Ah, they got some issues that I don't want to handle. Oh, but you know what they do. A great theologian, Philip Yancey, is quoted as saying this, and I love this quote because it's so true. It says, Christians get very angry towards other Christians who sin differently than they do. Christians get very angry at other Christians who sin differently than they do. I mean, can we agree with that? That we are willing to get more amped up, more jacked up about somebody else's sins than we do our own. We kind of like to explain away our sins. Oh, well, it was just a, a, little, a little white lie. Oh, it was just a little discrepancy. But somebody else does it and it's like, oh, did you hear what they did? How dare them? How could they have done such a thing? Have you ever, I just want to ask this, have you ever gotten as passionate in your disgust about your own sin as you do about others? Because I think we're real easy to go, oh, I'm disgusted by what they're doing. But when we look at our lives, we kind of go, eh, we explain it away. We try to justify our sins. We say the ends meet. And, And we get even more passionate about this. People that are sinning and things that we don't think that we're guilty of. I don't understand how they wrestle with that. They should just stop doing it. It seems so easy. Well, we've got these own things that we wrestle with that we can't give up, that we're not willing to let go of, but we look at someone else and go, if they should just give it up. It's easy. Because I don't wrestle with it, so, so why do they? I'm not guilty of it, so why should they be? And and I stop and think about this, and all I can think is, isn't this the exact issue Jesus had with the Sadducees and the Pharisees? That Jesus looks at them over and over and says, you keep trying to call these people out for doing things that are wrong, yet you're not willing to address the wrong that you are doing. Or to put it in modern day terms, what Jesus knew is this. The self-righteous lack self-awareness. The self-righteous lack self-awareness. When I think I'm righteous, when I think I'm in the right, I lack self-awareness of what's actually going on in my life. When I'm too busy shining the light out there at everyone else's sins, I'm not doing the internal work. And the the fact that Jesus came to save us should make us self-aware. If nothing else, it should make us self-aware of this fact. We are sinners in need of a Savior. And that's something that we all have in common. Not just us sitting here, but across the world and across the globe. We all have in common that we are all sinners in need of a Savior. 
And yes, you even have that in common with the people that you dislike and with the people that you don't think are anything like you. You still have that in common. And too often we try to focus, I've shared this before, on the things that separate and make us different as opposed to the things that we do have in common that bring us together. And what I've come to realize and understand in my own life is this. The more aware I am of God's grace and mercy towards me, the more I should be inclined to extend it to others. The more aware I am of my own shortcomings, of my own failings, and that God's grace, is I need it in my life, the more I should extend that same thing to everyone else. But we don't do that because we put ourselves on a pedestal of the self-righteous instead of self-aware. We, we, we say, yeah, but my sin's not as bad as God's grace extended through the birth of Christ removes any excuses we may have not to extend grace. Just think about it. God, perfect in all things, enters in amongst us, sinners, lowly, just the worst of the worst in all honesty, and enters in and engages in relationship with us, extends grace to us, even when he does not know if we will receive it or not, if it will change anything or not. He says, you know what, I'm still going to extend it. So what excuse do we have not to extend grace? Not to extend mercy. Not to extend mercy, hope, and love. The more I am aware of the things that God has yet to change in me, my own insecurities, my own dysfunction, my own prejudices, my own arrogances, my own sin, whatever it is, the less offended by and uncomfortable I should become with what God has yet to change in you. That I understand that God's working on both of us. That God's working in both of us. But so often, what we like to do is this. We like to convince ourselves, God's working on me. God's working in me. You, not so much. You need Jesus, but but we'll figure that out later. But God's working in me. I'm changing. And then we look at our lives and we see no change. but, But God's working on me. I'm a work in progress. And we give ourselves grace because we're a work in progress. But we don't give that same grace to anyone else understanding that, that, guess what? They're a work in progress too. It's in these moments when, when our own stuff starts to get in the way that we need to remember The promise that we heard this morning of Emmanuel, that God is with us, that God came to be a part of us, that God entered in with us, even in spite of us. Because Christmas shatters your excuses to disengage, to not care for, to pass off, to push away. If if perfection And Jesus Christ didn't keep his distance. Who are we to refuse to draw near to those in need? 
Christmas is a reminder. It's a reminder that problems and people and expectations are not an excuse to withdraw. That, oh, well, stuff's going on. I'm going to withdraw. I'm not going to engage that. Oh, well, they're going to be there. I don't engage with people like that. Oh, it didn't meet my expectations, so I'm not going to be a part of that. It's an excuse that we use because it's awkward and complicated. But Jesus entering in removes our excuses. I want to remind you that in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, we we hear a very familiar text that says um, that we love because... And it goes on and says, well, we love because people are lovable, right? We, We love because we get something in return, right? We, we, we love because it's nice. It's a nice thing to do. It's a good sentiment, right? Absolutely not. We love because God first loved us. We enter in and engage with, even in tough situations, because God first entered in and engaged with tough situations. We love those people that sin differently than us. Why? Because Jesus loved those people that sin differently than he did. We engage with people that may not always get it right or even get it at all. Why? Because Jesus does the same thing. And we're called to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. So what if this type of love, grace, mercy, compassion, whatever terminology you want to use, what if this characterized the church? And I'm talking about the big C church. But what if we took it one step further and said this type of love characterized Independence United Methodist Church. What if this what if this type of love characterized the the United Methodist Church? What if this type of love characterized your life as a disciple of Christ Jesus? Well, we see what happened in Acts. It changed the world. It rocked an entire empire at one time. And here's the thing that I firmly believe. That if we were to buy into it and live it out, it could do the exact same thing again. But what we're going to have to do is stop being so self-righteous and start being a little more self-aware and start to extend the grace of Jesus Christ as we are works in progress and understand that so are others. So the challenge is this. When you encounter the person whose sin or insecurity, insensitivity, whatever it may be, is different than yours, that you remember what you have in common. We're sinners in need of a Savior. We all need Jesus just the same. And they don't need Jesus any more or any less than I do because guess what? We all need Jesus. Period. There's no varying degrees on it because we all need Jesus. Period. 
And as you remember what you both have in common, what, you, what comes to remind you is this, what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that we are all the reason for the season. We are the reason that Jesus entered in. We are the reason for Emmanuel because we could not save ourselves. Jesus Christ said, I love you enough that I will extend grace to you even when you don't deserve it. I'm going to enter in. That God showed up and dwelt among us and is sticking around with us. Because let's be honest, we still don't always get it. And in so doing, took away all of our excuses to do anything less to the people around us. So will you take the challenge? The challenge to follow Jesus into the uncomfortable, into the awkward, into the complicated, that as we live into Emmanuel, that God is with us, that what that means is that we are called also as the disciples of Jesus Christ to enter in to the messiness, to show grace even when we don't think they deserve it. Because isn't that the definition of grace? Unmerited favor. You don't deserve it. God extends it anyway. Thank God that God extends it anyway because I could never do enough to deserve God's grace. So as disciples of Jesus Christ, the the beauty of the Christmas story is this, that it, it just demolishes our excuses that we would like to use to separate us from each other because what we hear in the Christmas story is that even though they would persecute, push back, they believed differently, they thought differently, they acted differently, they looked differently. All of these things, Jesus enters in and extends love, grace, and mercy in a very humble way, seeking to show and embrace the love, grace, and mercy of God. Shouldn't we do the same? Amen. Amen.